if you're the kind of dad who demonstrates stop, drop, and roll without dislocating your hip, then this is the podcast for you. We are Band to the Dan with Coach Randy and Adam D. We're the podcast celebrating suburban dad life and the life of dads pretty much everywhere on the planet. We're also one of the fastest growing dad-themed podcasts in all of humanity. Hello, the listener. Hello, the dad. It is a joy to have you with us. This is season five, episode number 10, episode number 80 overall. Today, we've got John DiCepolo. John is a former broadcaster. He pretty much crisscrossed the country doing news and sports on the local affiliates. He has transitioned. He is now a director of sales with ASR Systems, which is a technology that alerts law enforcement and first responders when there is an active shooter situation going on. Schools, uh, hospitals, pretty much any place where there's a risk of an active shooter. And we're really looking forward to speaking with him in just a few moments. I'm looking forward to speaking to my good friend and my co-broadcaster on this very, very fine dad-themed podcast. He is the suburban dad, suburban dad. He is Coach Randy. Hi, Coach. Hey, hey, now. So nice to uh, be here today with Adam D and the place to be listening to uh, some good stuff. You always have such a great intro. It's so inspiring. It makes me excited to see what is Adam going to say next? What does Adam D have inside that incredible head of his? You know, the, the key is you, you got to degrom the thing. You got to be a good starter and a good finisher. I like that, degrom. Maybe that's not the best analogy because sometimes <laughs> the Mets don't allow him to close because they just don't give him the run support. But I don't want to get into problems. I don't want to talk about problems. I want to talk about <laughs> solutions. And you know who gives you solutions? Yeah, that's your a great problems? question. See what I'm talking about? The segues, the genius behind the machine. Are you talking about Becky Berman of BermanBranding.com, BermanCS.com? It's about Berman. I'm talking about Becky Berman of Berman Branding. She's even been helping you. Yes, she has been helping me. And we're giving a little extra help. She's helping off my daughter's logo for her bat mitzvah. So she's all over the place, the Nathan family. She keeps the grassroots. She keeps a big picture. Berman Branding, that's Berman Branding. Berman Branding, let me try to get it out. BermanBranding.com, again, BermanBranding.com or on social media at Berman Branding. You're going to want to talk to Becky Berman. She'll talk to you personally. She'll come up with a plan, graphic design, web design, or a marketing plan. She is phenomenal. We use her. She's been with us from the beginning. And we've got a new partner sponsor with us. Fitness Rebellion. Remember Matt Wilbur from last week's episode, episode nine? I do remember Matt Wilbur. He was he was cut, he was tight, he was a great, great guest. Uh, who knew? And he found us, we found them. What a great partnership, huh? It's a match made in heaven, and it's a a fitness program. The fitness rebellion is a fitness program designed specifically. For dads, I think that's our target audience. So for and people like you and me, for dads. Busy people, we want to spend time at work, we want to spend time with our families, but we also want to spend time on us. We need that. We need that at least one hour of self-maintenance. So it's a whole coaching program that you get with Matt and some of his, his partners. Yeah, so check out through a what's, program. The, what's the website address again? Because you go there, there's such a great shot of him and his family. What's that website again? Yeah, you're right. It's actually the, the homepage. It's www.thefitnessrebellion.com. It's thefitnessrebellion.com, kind of like the Ohio State University. So it's thefitnessrebellion.com. But on uh, social media, it's at the fit rebellion, at the fit rebellion. Hey, speaking of fitness coach, you know, before the pandemic, I did a lot of travel. Yes. And I saw this uh, T-shirt in a gift shop. I think it was in uh, Charlotte. That constantly makes me laugh. I even took a picture of it. And on the shirt, it's a bear mm -hmm. in gym clothes eating a pizza. Ooh. And the shirt says, I'm into fitness. Fitness whole pizza in my mouth. <laughs> and I, I can't stop lying every time I think about that. So you not buy the shirt? Think about a bear eating a pizza. You didn't, you didn't buy the shirt? You just took a picture? Uh, you know, I should have because that's a shirt that spoke to me. Yeah. That's you know, the, next that, time. Next time I'm in Charlotte, I will make. No, no that's less, no. That's the thing about life lessons is that when you're out there and about, you see something that speaks to you. 
You got to carpe diem, cease, no, cease the day. You got to own that moment and get it because there are no returns. There are no turnbacks out of D. Well, believe me, I'll find it on eBay, no problem. But then you know, there's so many shirts that speak to me that are so clever. Like there was uh, one, another shirt I saw in Dallas yeah. uh, in a gift shop and it had an alpaca on it. And it says, we're traveling, I'll pack a bag. <laughs> But I'm pumped. Genius stuff, Adam D. Yeah, just, they they just keep them coming. Puns. They all keep them coming. I, I just I just can't resist. So, but fortunately, I resisted the, the fitness and the bear. We'll see what happens next time I'm in Charlotte. So, good week. You know, there's nothing more reaffirming for a dad coach. Yes. And when your son says, when are you going to get a bike? I really want to ride bikes with you. Oh, wow. He's nice coming out, that? stepping up problem is i can't find a bike for the life of me i've been to dicks i've been to walmart i've been to bike stores first of all some of these bike stores yeah when did a bike all of a sudden equate to the cost of a car yeah no they're not buying they're a mad expensive. no they're mad expensive but what about online like walmart well, i think that's the route i have to go the 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 issue is is that it's probably going to come in like 27 parts and i really would like to get my bike Reassembled by somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, I, I could certainly do it, but you know, I, this is I what I'm thinking. Open that, yeah. open the, open the car, and just plug and play. You know, just get on that thing. No, I think that's what I think you do is you go, you, you get, you get it delivered, and you go on Angie List, right? Yeah. And say, bike maker, right? And they'll come to your house, put the bike together, pay them a couple bucks. You know, that's how you do it these days. I mean, you got to be creative out of, out of the box thinking, Adam D. Well, that's the thing. It's going to come out of the box in 27 parts. But or or it's a team of the exercise with Adam, with Aiden. <laughs> so that's it. Anyone listening that happens to be commutable to the North Jersey area, be happy to have you come and assemble the bike when I can find one, when I finally purchase one. But yeah, I mean, now that it's getting warmer, you know, my, my son, Aiden, he's out, out and about with all of his friends just riding around the neighborhood. Uh, it's so good to see that because that was what we did when we were kids, right? You That's old school. Bike, That's old school kidding right there. Went to the 7-Eleven, you got a bunch of Slurpees, you got mm -hmm. sick, you drank them in the back of the Absolutely. back of the 7-Eleven. And... Absolutely. And you rode down there and you, you learned how to one hand with your Slurpee, one hand on the on the, uh, the the bike handle, right? Going back and forth, trying to climb up the hill as best as you can. As best as you can. That's all you can do, right? That's all you could do. So hopefully I'll have some bike stories, if not at the end of this season. And we've only got a couple more episodes. Can't believe to go. episode 10. We're 510. This is 510, episode 80 total. 80. We're we're nearing 50,000 listeners over the course of time. Adam D and the place to be. Amazing. All oh, you I sort of I sort of did this with you too. You know, if it wasn't for you, the show doesn't actually get put on the air. But think about it. When we first started this thing, we said, how about we just, you know, clown around? And uh, whoever listens, listens. If we're lucky, we'll get people not related to us listening. And now we got people in France, Merci, and Luxembourg. The top 10 in, Be in Belgium. Merci and Duncan. Top, top when? Top, top 10 dad podcasts or parent podcasts in Belgium. In Bel now we're in Belgium. So Belgium, Belgium Luxembourg, yep. and France. Yes. So we are sweeping Europe <laughs> by storm. Like we can be Hasselhoff <laughs> if we're not careful. So... So I'm on a quest to I'm on a quest to 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 get a bike and you know when I'm not when I'm not on a bike when I'm on a quest to get a bike I am uh, rewatching the Fresh Prince of Bel Air now. Is that the kids. is that uh, what's that like? I have to tell you, it has been um, been a, a, a less than subtle reminder because you remember when the show was on and I uh, I think I was in high school just you know kind of stepping into college and. Before we turned it on this week, I remember that show just being Will Smith, being a goofball. Anytime music was on, he was doing his dumb dancing. That's his term, not mine. Yes. And I thought it was just, you know, another opportunity to show how good a dancer Will Smith was. But apparently they tackled some of the most topical topics. Yeah. The ones that we're even talking about now. Mm -hmm. There was an episode where he and Carlton were driving a Mercedes and it was it was Uncle Phil's law partner. They were mm -hmm. driving his Mercedes. They got permission to do it. And uh, sure enough, they get stopped by two white cops in Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. Now, the way they addressed the whole two black guys in a Mercedes being pulled over by two white cops, of course, was was humorous. So if you mm -hmm. can catch the episode, I think it's number three or four in the first season. Maybe it's even later than that. But, uh, you know, the way they addressed it, I, I thought was 
for the time, I thought it was pretty well crafted. So, you know, you got a rainy day, go back into the archives, watch a little, watch a little Fresh Prince. You know, it's, it's something that things that TV shows, and I think because of cable, my girls are all going back and watching old TV shows. As a matter of fact, they're more familiar with the music and the songs of the 80s than I am now because of TikTok. Uh, but we, my, my, my youngest, Bree, has been dying to watch Titanic. Yeah, I thought you started that last week, no? <laughs> no, you're going to, but it didn't work out. But this is, so last night was Titanic. Uh, and what was so funny when I was talking to my dad saying we're, we're, it was family night to watch Titanic, he goes, is it the old version or the new version? And I said, well, the new version, but the new version is like 30 years old, <laughs> or actually yeah. 98, 1998. So it's over 20 something years old. So I guess it's the new old, right? New 97. So we started watching it and it's great. No, I'm not, have you seen it in a while? Yeah, we had it on uh, not too long ago. Um, you know, it was it was uh, su surprisingly uh, upsetting. You know, my my kids were watching it, and they're like, you know, all these people, you know, freezing on the deck and drowning, and you know, the people below deck who couldn't get upstairs. That um, it was oh almost God. like watching a horror movie. But that's oh what happened. God. Brianna, when you know, after the everything's great, it's a nice movie. I mean, she loves Leo DiCaprio. I mean, she is she's in that age group, you know, where you know. These, love, these them young, in, love them in growing pains, right? Young strapping, uh, young strapping lads, right? Uh, and so everything's great. Then of course they hit the iceberg, and then she starts watching, and, and I start hearing her just start crying. And we're not talking like a little cry, ugly cry. We're talking ugly sobbing, crying for like the forty-five minutes as this whole thing is coming crashing down. And she's like, "This is the worst thing ever. Why'd you let me watch this movie?" I'm like, well. <laughs> You knew the end. I'm just like it's a surprise. <laughs> you know, she's she's baby. This is that song, that stupid song keeps playing over and over and over again. You know, the silly Yeah. <laughs> she's hysterically crying, and we're doing what we can to comfort her because, well, you know, it's it's a story. Talking about the Celine Dion song, right? Yeah, you know, she's, she's like, I never want to hear that song ever again. That's all I have these images of these peoples coming crashing down, freezing in the water. Um, so it was family night, but it was a ugly cry family night for my youngest daughter. She uh, yeah, and what I just realized is that this past week was the anniversary of the Titanic. Hitting that's right. Iceberg. That's right. April fourteenth, nineteen twelve. Yep, nineteen twelve. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of. Will you ever take a cruise again? <laughs> well, yeah. Listen, that's uh, uh, I, I think I learned a lot from about cruising from that particular instance. You know, uh, tragedies and uh, and accidents often provide learning learning mechanisms for future generations. Yeah, and it only took you two and a half hours to do it, so. <laughs> so yeah, but we're full, we're full. So you're full-blown golf. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got, and, got a round. We've got a round coming up today, a little practice round, because more tournaments are on the way this summer for uh, for my son, Aiden. Yeah. And uh, as we speak, my daughter's upstairs doing the PSAT, uh, I guess the practice run, right, for the SAT. So we're uh, at that's that right. stage. Sophomore, sophomore. Yeah. I tell you, it's all becoming very real, Coach. I know we've got a lot of dads at a lot of different stages. But, Adam uh, D, man, it is crazy nuts. It, it, I mean, as I've said a number of times, I've had a do-over. You know, my older two are well off, living their own lives and proud and living and paying their own bills. Um, but this do-over, I am cherishing every minute of every moment, of whether it's, you know, on Saturdays, I, I work with their pitching coach and I get a chance to catch and I'm just there. With my girls, we have this, you know, we always get Starbucks. We have a tradition that we do. It's all about building memories, but man, it goes by so quickly. So, so quickly. So we're all, we're all softball now. You know that it's, it's springtime. We got, I know the <laughs> fact got, that we're able to actually get you to sit still and do this podcast is nothing short of a, a small miracle, but we're thrilled to do it. We're thrilled to bring you episode number 10, season five, John DeCepolo, one of the uh, sales directors of ASR Systems is coming up. Keep it here. It's bad to the dad.
We are Bad to the Dad with Coach Randy and Adam D. Social media, we're on it. We love it. We use it. We post on it. And you can find us there. Our handle is at Bad to the Dad for most platforms. So that includes Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn, the business networking site. We've got good old-fashioned websites, too. It's www.badtothedad.com. That is where you can get information about guests, past, present, and future. And we're an interactive show, so if you'd like to reach out to us, give us a guest idea, a show idea, a question for one of our guests or one of us, you can do that too. Email is contactus at badtothedad.com. That's contactus at badtothedad.com. Coach, once again, going down memory lane, hopping into the repository of good friends who I miss dearly, but who have interesting stories and happen to be dads, right? They're in that, that point in their life where they are, uh, they've incubated children and now they're, uh, they're cultivating children, <laughs> right? We're using farming analogies. My good friend, John DeCepolo, former broadcaster, now director of business development with ASR Systems is our guest on Bad to the Dad. John, thanks so much for making time. Great to see you again, brother. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Love, love to be here. So John, it is, uh, been some time. I think we're probably coming up on an anniversary if we haven't already. Uh, yeah. uh, raising hell on jet skis in the Caribbean, <laughs> uh, doing handstands in crystal blue water, and uh, feeding, Almost... feeding a pig that drinks beer. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> so it's funny. Co- Coach Randy was talking about watching Titanic with his kids. Yeah. We, we had our own little cruise ship memories uh, well, when, when we did our winter break from, from Hofstra. I, remember, yeah. I think it was 1990. 90, uh, your business. No, it was 1995, January of 95, the second week. I know it very well uh, because I think we're still wanted in seven several states, including Puerto Rico, but we're not going to go there now. Um, um, all right. <laughs> which states, John? Which states? Let me know. <laughs> well, let me see. I <laughs> might start in Florida. I get an OPB out there. I'll point exactly. to <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, we, we had a good time um, from college on, and uh, we've kept in touch over the years and seen each other's families grow and so forth, and um, it's it's been great. It's been great. You even snuck in a few reunions, and that's one recommendation I'd make to dads is if you yeah. have college friends and they're scattered all over the country, you know, try try to find a way as you would with your family to yeah. get everybody in one place and have uh, have a giant feast and uh, and reminisce. Good for yeah. the soul. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be willing to make the effort. I mean, in life, relationships make up so much of our lives. Whether it's with our spouse, our children, our our, our coworkers, our friends, you need to have those relationships because sometimes they can get you through the tough times. And I know a lot of my friends out there now with this pandemic, they've been struggling. It's not so much necessarily some are struggling for work looking for work others are just struggling for companionship just to talk to somebody just to bounce ideas off somebody um you know it's interesting in my line of work we found that can you conduct business via zoom sure can you build team chemistry with your team via zoom no you can't Mm. it's the water cooler interaction it's the drink at the bar after work when you're talking that's where the chemistry gets built yeah i'm thinking here we have a new segment here called deep thoughts with john decepolo Deep thoughts with Johnny D. <laughs> why, why, why do I drive in a parkway but park in a driveway? How does that work? <laughs> Deep thoughts with Johnny D. Yes, and many other nuggets, mental nuggets to, to yeah. be uncovered here. So, so John, you know, we we kind of teed you up as a former broadcaster, and uh, yeah. you know, John was one of my mentors in broadcasting at Hofstra, and uh, was the guy that we always knew was going to be on the air nationally, locally, or both, and, and he accomplished that. And uh, I know you zigzagged across the country, John. You were, oh, yeah. you were uh, I mean, you were in, in, in the biggest market in, in the world, in New York, but you were, yep. you know, you, you sort of, you know, did that whole, you know, trajectory of starting the small market, get bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger as you go. Um, looking back on that, you know, what, what do you think of the experience? It was great. It was great. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I learned a lot, met a lot of great people, Um, but there are certain sacrifices you will make along the way, whether it's relationships, whether it's family, whether it's friends. Um, and I tell people this all the time, you know, working in broadcasting is a different animal. Um, it's hard, it's cutthroat. You have to have a thick skin, but you have to also understand you don't have to get to number one to be happy. You can be very happy being a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Sometimes it's actually better and easier to be that way. Hmm. Um, I was more of the old school where I was down in the trenches. As you know, Adam, I started it. ACTV in Arlington, Massachusetts, then went to News 12 in Yonkers in Westchester for almost two years, then went to Albany for a year. Uh, and then my real big break didn't come until 1999 
when I got the job in Dallas, Texas. And that's really, when I look back at my career, that's really where I had the most fun. Um, I spent two and a half years in Dallas before I went to Fox 5 in New York for five years. And everyone thinks, oh, New York must have been great. And it was, don't get me wrong. But the most fun I had working in my craft was in Dallas, telling stories, traveling. Um, I mean, we went, this is before 9-11, you have to understand. So we went, I mean, everywhere. Our travel budget was huge. The, the sports staff was huge. Um, everything from football to the Cowboys, to NASCAR, to the Stars, to the Mavs, to the Texas Rangers, TCU, SMU bowl games. I mean, we just, we did it all. It was a blast and it was crazy. And I'm glad I did it when I was young enough and single and no kids, because if I were to do it now, I'd never see my family. Well, that makes a big difference, right? And was that the reason why, you, probably your biggest reason for transitioning out of broadcasting? Yeah. yeah. When I, when I, what happened was with me is I, I worked in television broadcast sports, if you will. I was a sports guy for 15 years. And in 2010, the last local job I had was at CBS2 in New York. And the local sports jobs, as you know, the economy was dying then. Local sports jobs were drying up. The guy that hired me at Fox 5 in New York eight years earlier Jim Clayton, he was the GM for the ABC affiliate in Seattle, Como4, K-O-M-O. And he literally called me up and said, how would you like to come to Seattle and do weekends? And my first thought was, I don't know, you don't have any basketball, you have no hockey there. And, and he's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. I'm not talking sports, it's news. I'm like, news? I've never done news. He's like, John, the game has changed. Do you want to stay in this industry? You're going to have to you know, adapt and roll with the times. Huh. So I took a chance. I went there. I learned a lot. was there in Seattle for two and a half years. And then when the opportunity came to be the main anchor here in Florida, in West Palm Beach at WPEC, I jumped at it. But the, my biggest reason for leaving broadcast news was the lack of transparency by the media. I mean, even back then, I could see it changing drastically. We weren't telling this, the truth. We weren't telling both sides of the stories. I reached a certain point where I realized I was a talking head on TV. So for me, the biggest reason why I left the media was because of the bias that was taking place well before what we're seeing now. I wasn't comfortable telling a lie on camera to viewers, and that's what I was blatantly forced and asked to do. It was a tough decision, but it was almost like I was ready. I had a good run, 23 years. I lived all over the country. So real quick, John, you've uh, offered some great insight into the, the, I guess, the skeletons in the so-called closet, which uh, someone who's been in the business to be able to, to have that mind of integrity, uh, but I'm curious, though, it sounds like you had a chance to meet a lot of really neat people. Yeah. Right, athletes. I mean, do you have a favorite interview? Is there someone who you... Oh, yeah. Do you mind yeah. sharing? I mean, we, we want to get to the dirt stuff. We understand so, you asked the media bias. Give us the good stuff here. Okay, so, so it's 1999. I just got the job in Dallas, Texas at KDFW Fox 4. I'm there for three days, and they send me up to Wichita Falls, Texas for training camp with the Dallas Cowboys. And they have a, a setup called Media Row. So it's Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN. I mean, right down the line. And what they would do is they'd bring their star athletes, whether it was Aikman, Emmett Smith, uh, Michael Irvin, on these like media tours to hit all the correct local press, national press, so forth. So the first guy out the gate is Jerry Jones. Now, I have never met Jerry Jones. Um, very nice ge gentleman, uh, very Southern gentleman. He comes out and he's going to mess with a new guy. And I didn't know this. So they bring him out. I'm two minutes to air. It's my first interview in Dallas. And uh, he goes, uh, the media guy goes, Jerry, this is one of the new guys at Fox 4. This is John DeCepolo. And Jerry goes, do what? I said, uh, DeCepolo. He goes, are you Italian? I said, yes, sir. He goes, are you Catholic? I said, yes. And he goes, oh, shit, I ain't doing this. We're not doing this interview. And he starts walking away. And I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, 90 seconds out from air. And he turns around and goes, oh, I'm just kidding. You don't worry about it. So we, we get on camera. He goes, what's your last name? I said, DeCepolo. And he goes, well, who do you work for? I said, uh, Channel 4. And he goes, no, no, what affiliate? I said, Fox. And he goes, oh, shit, son, I'll just call you Johnny Fox. So I thought nothing of it. Now, keep in mind, I have a hot mic. All the guys back in the studio can hear this. We start the interview. You know, Jerry, a lot of questions about last year's exit from the early, uh, early, you know, early exit from the playoffs. Um, what's the mental state of mind of this team going in this year? He puts his arm around me. Now, I didn't realize Jerry had a couple in him, okay? Puts his arm around me and goes, Johnny Fox, let me tell you what. We got a team this year. It's going to go all the way. So I think nothing of it. The interview gets done. I get back to Dallas two days later. I'm sitting in the news director's office. She's like, we got to change your name. I said, what? Oh, Jerry loves you. You're in. You're like family now. Your new name is going to be Johnny Fox. I said, have you lost your mind? They said, oh, no, he loves you. You're in. 
that's it. It's over. You're like the prodigal son now. So that was my uh, baptism into sports in Dallas, if you will. But what's funny is years later, when I was working in New York and I was doing sidelines for Fox, we're interviewing Cowboys players, post game, so forth. Here comes Jerry Jones. How do you think he addressed me? He still calls me Johnny Fox to this day. He does not know my last name. He will still call me Johnny Fox. So that's one of Johnny the more Fox. Johnny Fox. Johnny Fox. Getting easier to pronounce than Johnny <laughs> right? Fox. Johnny Fox. Hey, Johnny Fox. How are you? I'm like, coach, it's DeCepolo or, or Jerry. You go through this every single year. Nah, Johnny Fox. Like, All right, whatever. <laughs> that is a great, great story. Johnny not a bad stage name. I mean, look, I was telling coach who our guest was this week, and he's, you know, typing it in to the website so so people know who's coming up and he's like king it is that's that's uh, and it's next to a c and that's you know is <laughs> exactly. it polo or Paula? and so so it's funny uh, something so, with that whole fox thing john well it's funny because uh around the christmas table around christmas time my family um i can't i was raised in an italian half italian half irish family catholic in boston so it's christmas time dad's holding court at one end of the table mom's at the other end of the table all the grandkids are around and dad decides to break this out and goes you know, our name means disciple in Latin. Oh, really? Yes, disciple. So that means, you know, we were around for the last supper with the big man. Oh, okay. There's about a five to 10 second pause. And my mom chimes in the other end of the table. She's like, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Time out. First of all, in a Boston accent, those were apostles, not disciples, Mr. Potato Head. I don't know where you get your math from, first of all. <laughs> so that whole thing got debunked. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it is an interesting name. Leave it to mom to, to, to call dad out. Oh, yeah. With the glass of wine in the hand of the Boston right. accent coach. is like, wait <laughs> a second. Hold on. Mr. Potato Head, wait a minute. I don't know where you get your history from. <laughs> so is it safe to say that your dad was Irish? Yeah, no, yeah. no, exactly. No, but dad is off the boat. Uh, he came here when he was 11. Uh, mom is Irish and French Canadian from yes. Nova Scotia. So. Uh, Adam will know this. If I get really mad or really drunk, eh, the, the Canadian accent will come out. <laughs> like so, John's also a hockey player too, by hobby. So yeah, you get some of that Canadian. That's like that's like Fletch. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So John, you you know you're you're out of broadcasting. You're now in the corporate world. We know you're a uh, director of business development for ASR Systems, which we want to learn about in a moment because yeah. that's extremely timely, especially with what's been going on in the news in Indianapolis and Knoxville, etc. Um, but tell us about the transition. Was it tough to transition from broadcasting into the corporate world, being that broadcasting was the only language you knew for about thirty years? Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. Uh, it, it was tough, as a matter of fact, because you start to realize you do have a unique skill set that can translate into other businesses, but you have to convey that in a resume. And it's really about just getting your foot in the door, right? So for a while, I struggled for about a good year and a half trying to make that transition. I just couldn't do it. I just, I kept hitting a wall, kept hitting a wall. Ironically enough, my wife, Shay, she was freelancing at the time. She does uh, marketing and web development. She was freelancing for this company called ASR Alert Systems. And she was speaking with the president and she said, um, you know, my husband is a former news anchor in West Palm Beach. And uh, ironically enough, we had done a story on ASR Alert Systems about two weeks prior to the tragedy at Parkland. So I knew of the company, um, didn't really know much about it, didn't know how big it was or how small it was. And they were really in their infancy when, they, when, they, when I got on board. Um, but she said, hey, you know, my husband's done broadcasting. Um, I think he'd be a really good spokesman for you. I think you should take a look at him. And my, my boss at the time, Hector Delgado, a retired Navy SEAL, was kind of has a 10 eyes, a TV guy, wears makeup, he's gonna have an ego, uh, you know, I don't know if I wanna do that. So, but I found myself using the same skills and tenacity to get my foot in the door in TV, to get my foot in the door working for this company. So I worked for free for about six months. I learned a lot, I kept my mouth shut, my eyes open, and I just listened and learned and perfected my craft. And what the pandemic did was, it forced everyone to adapt, right? Your, your business, in-person meetings immediately went to Zoom. So I had to sell a system online via Zoom. And so we built this demonstration wall that I can do a full service demo where when I run an alert, I can put your cell phone in, Adam, a coach, I can put your number in, you get alert, I press the button. So the aha moment went on for people like, oh, this is a really fast system, this works. What, so, real quickly, if you don't mind, what is ASR? What's, I mean, what is so, it? ASR stands for active ASR stands for active shooter response. It's called ASR Alert Systems. It's based out of Jupiter, Florida. 
It was invented by a former Navy SEAL and retired agent for Homeland Security, Hector Delgado. What ASR Alert Systems does is we customize, design, and in some cases install, if we don't use our channel partners, wireless threat alert buttons, panic buttons, for crisis management situations. So think of active shooter, medical emergencies, weather incidents, and more. The difference with our system compared to a lot of other systems in the market today is this. We don't go to a third-party call center like most traditional alarms will do. We are the only ones who hold the patent of going direct to police dispatch. And people say, why? And it's our motto, because saving time saves lives. And that's the difference. The gun violence in this country has gotten out of control. and The incidents have gone up and up and up every year. Look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. So now, for the first time in a long time, companies and schools and businesses are sitting up in their chair and taking a look at this and going, wait a second, we've got a real epidemic going on here. These guys actually have a viable solution. Now, having said that, there's a lot of competitors on the marketplace. And millennials nowadays, everyone loves an app, right? Everyone's app crazy. The problem with apps and a cell phone during a crisis of that magnitude is that studies have shown you will lose all fine motor skills. You will not be able to unlock your phone. You will not be able to open up an app. Type in where you are, who you are, what the problem is, what's going on. While you're running away and bullets are flying by your head, you won't be able to do it. You'll freeze like a deer in headlights. It's much easier to just push a button which gives the exact location inside the building that goes direct to police dispatch. So they know exactly what it is. They know who it is. They know what it is. And they know exactly where it is in three seconds. That's so fascinating. So makes who has the authority to, to push the button? Is it anybody in usually the facility? It's, usually it's staff. We train the staff significantly and we tell them, look, this is not a bully button. This is not, there's a fight in the cafeteria. This is not someone's looking at the, at the secretary funny. This is a really bad day if you have to set off the system because it means lives are being affected. Um, but when you do, the cavalry is coming. And I mean, immediately, everyone and their mother is going to show up at your doorstep yeah. um, because what we're trying to do is eliminate that threat. You know, you look at response times and there's a number, not to get too deep, but there's a number of organizations out there that classify mass shootings, okay? One of them is called GVA. It stands for gunviolencearchive.org. Now, gunviolencearchive.org, uh, by the way, is the source for a lot of the stats that are on asralertsystems.com. So if yes. you're interested, asralertsystems.com. As soon as you open up the site, from 2014 on, the number of mass shootings uh, and the number of injuries and the number of deaths. John, sorry to interrupt, but I thought that that was uh, very no, meaningful. To absolutely, and that's, and that's the basis that we use. So if you look at GVA, um, they compile a lot of data. One of the areas that they compiled was length of time for an active shooter incident. How long does an active shooter incident take? From the first bang until the bad guy either leaves, turns the gun on himself, gets put down by law enforcement, or is apprehended by police. What's the length of time? Well, according to GVA, the average incident in this country is just under 13 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the average response time by police in this country using conventional 911 is almost 20 minutes. That's a problem. Bad guys already come and gone and left carnage in his wake. So to make a long story short, we had a local police chief in town in Jupiter who saw our system. We were installed in their town center. He was really impressed by it. And he said, uh, John and Hector, come down to the town center tomorrow. I want to try something. Okay, so we went down there and the chief said, okay, I'm gonna run a drill on your system, but I'm not gonna tell my officers. I wanna find out how fast fast really is. Okay, so he pressed the button. And from the time he pressed the button until the time the first officer made entry through the door was 28 seconds. And people have said, that's impossible. I said, no, it's very possible. They said, prove it. I said, what we do is we take the client's information, whether it's a school, a manufacturing warehouse, corporate America, whatever it is, and we get the staff's names, cell phones, and emails and put them in a predetermined list that gets loaded into our system so that when this system is initiated, those texts goes out immediately. You're going to get it in your cell phone. So the officer that made entry was right down the road running a ticket sitting in his cruiser. He came flying up, made entry. So I always tell people, 20 minutes, 28 seconds. You know, guys, if that's not fast, I don't know what is. Um, I'd yeah. say that's a, that's a significant difference. So it's, 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 it's a legitimate game changer for the industry yeah. right now. It, it is I mean, Johnny Fox, if I may. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of speaking. I'm, I'm a professor and I am all too familiar with school shootings. Um, yeah. And you mentioned Parkland. I mean, there's out of sight lines, what schools go through. I, 
Uh, it's sad that we're in the state where we are, given what happened to one of the very first school shootings back in, in, in Columbine, Littleton, uh, Colorado, yeah. that this is a business that you're in. Yeah. And to this day, now that the pandemic is crazy, it is. it just seems like it's happening more and more. FedEx. It is. I, I can only imagine what a bad way to say you're in a really good business to make money, but what a bad way to have to make a career and make money off such tragedy like this. Right. And people have said that to me, oh, you're just trying to profit off tragedy. No, we're actually trying to make a difference. Uh, I'm trying to give people a fighting chance because in these types of incidents, it's all about survival. If I can save one life, it's worth it. It's worth it because I look at students and teachers. They are the most precious assets we have. They're the future of this country. Our system was initially designed for the K through 12 marketplace to save lives in schools. But the reality is the mass shootings aren't happening in schools as much. They are happening in warehouses, corporate America. And now we're finding that it can happen anywhere, places of worship, stadiums, uh, synagogues. And so now all these vertical markets are taking a, a, a seat up because what's happening is this. 20 years ago, when Columbine happened in 1999 or 22 years ago, it wasn't considered a foreseeable event, right? We, we can't predict an active shooter. You can't. So if you sued a company because your son or daughter was injured or God forbid killed, it was a summary judgment. It was dismissed by a judge. We're done here. You can't predict that. Now it's not the case. OSHA, NFPA 3000, they're now saying this is considered a foreseeable event. You have to have certain electronic countermeasures in place. If you don't, it's now not just negligence, it's gross negligence. That's jail time. So what you're seeing now is you're seeing CEOs and CFOs in corporate America taking a seat up in their chair and going, wait a minute, are we liable right now? Because what happened was the MGM Grand in Vegas, they tried to bury their head in the sand. They tried to say the ostrich defense, oh, we didn't know it could happen here. No, 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 you did. And you didn't have something in place. Well, they just got sued to the tune of $800 million, the first of five payouts they're going to have to pay. That was the country now, music concert that happened outside. Yes. That, yeah. Okay. Yes. So now all of corporate America is going, wait a second, are, are we liable? Are we wide open? Yes, you are. So again, yes, you want to make money on a business side, but I also want to save lives. You know, we're, we're trying to reduce the response time. If you've ever called 911, you can sometimes be on hold for a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. It works great on paper. It doesn't work great when you actually have to use it most of the time. So we're talking with John DiCepolo, who's the Director of Business Development of uh, ASR Alert Systems. And I, I tell you, I'm so the presentation is great. So if you don't make a boatload on this, you should at least run for office in South Florida. <laughs> that's an area that needs a, a ton of really good politicians. But John, d- does your family, are they aware of what you do and, and why you're yeah. doing it? Yeah, they are. And in fact, uh, my wife, Shay, she's the Director of Marketing. She was really the one that pushed me to go, to go into this. And she's brilliant. Um, but you know, as a whole, as a family, we feel better because we feel like we're, at least we're trying to make a difference and save lives. Um, a lot of times when I was doing news, and this is a typical typical day in our house, my wife would always say, what's the weather tomorrow? It's like, I have no idea. She's like, you work in the news. You sit next to the weather guy. You talk to him about the weather five times today. You have no idea what the weather is. I'm like, I'm reading 8,000 scripts and so forth. So a lot of times as a news anchor, it felt like, it, it felt like a thankless job because no one really cares. No one really, you know, they're not watching. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Um, but this is different. This, I have a sense of pride. I really look forward to going to work every day. I really look forward to, to teaching people and educating people and letting them know there's a system out there that works at an extremely high level that will make a difference in protecting you, your staff, your customers. God forbid this ever goes down because most people will say, oh, I could never happen here, which is true until it does. And then what do you do? And people always say, well, you know, I'll rise to the occasion. No, you won't. You're going to fall to your level of training. And if you're not trained and you don't have a system like ours in place, you're going to fail and you're going to fail huge. And it's going to cost you your life. Again, it's about survivability. And that's what we're trying to provide. So John, uh, Johnny Fox, if I may. Um, <laughs> he loves that name. I'm telling you, coach. Now he's hooked. Go. Now he's hooked. <laughs> Is, uh, you know, part of, we have dads listening and you, you are an incredible salesperson. And the passion is, is amazing. Um, I'd imagine you're just as passionate about your family and being a dad because you, you chose to leave a profession. What are some things you love to do with your family? Uh, what are some, th- some things I do as a fun as a dad? So, okay. So being a Florida dad now, because uh, my kids, I had one son that was born in New Jersey, one son that was born in West Palm Beach, but they're, they're Florida kids now, right? So uh, certainly pool time, you know, in Florida, the pool is open 24 seven and those kids live in that pool. I have one that's a fish. I literally have to go in and drag him out sometimes because he loves the pool so much. Um, but 
what is nice about Florida is you get to spend a lot of time outdoors, whether it's, uh, you know, playing soccer or whether it's in the pool with the kids. Um, and, and my wife is great. Um, my wife is, you know, my best friend and, and I look up to her so much. I'm so proud of her for what she's done and because she runs a really tight ship out here. So uh, my advice for other dads out there of what you can do for your wife, do the little things so they don't have to do it. You know, the, gar- the, cab- the car is low on gas. Go fill it up. Don't tell them you did it. Just do it. The dishes are sitting there. Just start doing it. The laundry's there. Just start doing it. Don't say a word. Just do it. Watch how much her reaction will change or her attitude will change just by doing the small things. It's very simple, but very effective. This is, this is husband vice. Husband okay, vice. We're getting a little, we're going to get dad vice in a second. We got <laughs> husband vice. And I know that living in Florida, especially if you have kids who swim, the biggest piece of dad vice you can give is check that pool for alligators. Yes. Before you yes. go in. I think you taught oh, yeah. me that. Yeah. I, I, I tell my kids that all the time. And they said, you know, dad, we have a screened in porch over our pool. I'm like, I don't care. You, I want eyes in the bottom of the pool before you make entry into that pool. I tell my kids, you're never allowed to, you're never allowed to even walk near a river or a, or a brook, let alone go in one. Because if you're small enough, the ga- there's gators down here, guys. They will get you. Yeah. Um, I also tell my kids, unfortunately, you're not allowed to go to the beach unless I'm with you. And if you go in the water, you're not allowed in the water unless you have a boogie board strapped to your ankle because there are rip currents here and it will take you a mile and a half out and if you don't have a boogie board to roll onto, it's over. I, I was a news anchor. We did stories on it every single day in the summertime. We lost a life every single day. Johnny People did D, not he knows too much. You know too much, John. That's the problem. <laughs> so, so bigger picture. What's some What's some advice? This is the dad advice segment now, which oh, I'm okay. familiar with. Yeah. Um, what's some advice you might give to to other dads? Um, you know, raising a family, uh, busy lives. Yeah, I think you definitely have to carve out time for your family. Um, you definitely have to carve out time for your children. They're going to take up a lot of your time, obviously. What I've learned so far about being a dad is this, is that you can't always be their best friend, right? You've got to be a dad sometimes. And in, sometimes it means giving them the cold, hard truth, structure, discipline, not because you're mad at them, but because you love them. You want them to succeed, but there are certain rules they have to follow. Um, so again, I try and be there for my children as much as possible, whether it's taking them to karate or, or running around or so forth and doing fun things. But I also tell them, look, there's a certain level of expectation that we expect you to follow certain rules. Every dad will go through this. Every mom will go through this. Um, and just know that every day is different. You wake up every day and you're going to have your good days and your bad days. Don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. Roll with a lot of it. I will say this though, this pandemic has been really tough on a lot of kids because they can't get out. I thank God we have a pool, right? Cause at least the kids can get exercise but a lot of kids can't get out. They're stuck in the rooms. You know, we don't ask adults to be on Zoom for eight hours or six hours. You want my 11-year-old to do it and my seven-year-old to do it? Are you crazy? So I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, my kids get to go back to school full-time now. Yes, they have to do six feet social distancing and they wear masks and the whole nine yards. But um, this pandemic has really made some people crazy. And I mean, stir crazy because you get cooped up Mm. like you're in a cage. So do the kids. So my advice for dads out there is, If your kid is struggling right now in school, or if your kid is struggling with just the mental component, create some fun for them if you can. So for example, my wife and I planned this out. My kids, we dropped my kids off to school on a Thursday. um, And, uh, or was it Friday? I think it was the Thursday. And we dropped them off to school. It was regular day at school. Well, we surprised them. We picked them up at 10, took them out of school. Where are we going? We're not telling you. It's an adventure. Bags are already packed. Where are we going? We have no idea. You know, stopped off, got snacks. We're driving up to Orlando. We took them out to Aquatica for the day, just or anything. If you can do it, take them bowling, take them, you know, to the movies if you can or something. Give them a sense of adventure. Let them know that you still care about them. They, you know they're hurting, but that you're there for them and that you love them and that, you know, we will get through this together. That's neat. Those mental health days, you know, the school yeah. will still be there, but, you know, create those memories. That's right. awesome. John DeCepolo or as Coach Randy would say, Johnny Fox has been our <laughs> guest on Bad to the Dad, Director of Business Development at ASR Alert Systems. You can learn more at asralertsystems.com. Amazing information, staggering information, especially statistics-wise, yeah. on their homepage. So please check it out, asralertsystems.com. John, uh, you know, we certainly miss you on the air, but it sounds like you're doing great. You pivoted wonderfully. Great advice for, for dads and anyone that's going through a transition, especially during these very, very uncertain times. Wish we had another half hour to speak <laughs> with you, but maybe we'll have you on again. But uh, oh, I'd love to see you again, back. brother. And uh, love that you were with us on, on Bad to the Dead.
Guys, thank you so much. This is a great program, a great podcast you guys have. And uh, I would love to be a part of it once again, if I could in the future. Thanks, Johnny. All right, guys. We are Bad to the Dad. Download us wherever you find podcasts. We are bad to the dad with coach Randy and Adam D. Remember, we are brought to you by Berman Branding. That's Becky Berman, bermanbranding.com for all of your graphic design, web design, and marketing plan needs. Becky Berman, she's doing phenomenal work for us, doing phenomenal work with coach Randy. And coach Randy says, imagine what she can do for you. We also want to thank our other sponsor, The Fitness Rebellion. TheFitnessRebellion.com is where you want to go to learn more about this fitness system that is designed specifically for dads. It is no BS. It's all results. It's all about coaching and balance. I think you're really going to enjoy it. TheFitnessRebellion.com and at The Fitness Rebellion. Mention Bad to the Dad. Type in Bad to the Dad when you go to the website. You get a 15% discount off the Fitness Rebellion Plan. Again, 15% discount with code BAD to the DAD. We'd like to thank our sponsors for, again, taking this wild ride with us in the podcast sphere. And uh, we look for more partnerships and, and friendships along the way. So thanks to the Fitness Rebellion and thanks to Berman Branding. Coach, I want to thank John DiCepolo, one of my oldest friends. It was great catching up, but also Amazing learning about ASR systems and their solution to uh, not just trying to stop active shooter situations, but also reduce them as well. So uh, another another guest where you can reminisce, but also learn a thing or two. And Adam D, like always, I get to learn something more about you each and that. I think if anything about the uh, Bad to the Dad podcast, it's just brought me more insight into my dear friend, Adam D. I mean, I cannot get over how many people you're still in touch with from your youth. I, it's, I am just, I marvel at that, of the kind of person you are. I just, I don't know anybody that has maintained this number of connections from so many different parts of your life. You truly are a gift to humanity. And it's a great honor to be your co-host in this great Pat podcast, but most importantly, to be your friend, Adam D. Well, I have to tell you, that was a very over-embellished comment, and I do thank you for that, because that does uh, pump me up. No, so no, no, that is 100% truthful. People, I mean, this is, it, if we, if you didn't have friends, Adam D., we wouldn't have guests. Put it that way. We'd be talking to each other. <laughs> now, normally, I, I thank my wife for most of my friends now. I feel yeah. like, you know, the dog being taken to the doggy park, where I'm trying to be socialized with, with other dogs. That's, you know, that's my sort of post-college Mm -hmm. life you know that's how i made friends uh, new friends after college but you know i could still go into the repository of my old buds and and, and they're still there and they still want to talk to me and uh you know with zoom and social media it's good way a good way to kind of keep up with what everybody's doing so you know i uh know you're going to give us a quick tease about next week's uh guest before you go i gotta i gotta do a shout out to to our our comic book marvel dads right Neil Tenzer, John Brooks, Chris Diaz, those guys <laughs> crack me up. I mean, I mean, Adam D, I always know when it's Friday, right? The <laughs> 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 next thing that might, there's this chat that we have with all the dads, it's hysterical, lights up with comments. I mean, it goes, it's like a pinball machine. Bing, 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 bing. I'm looking down, I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, oh yeah, today's Friday. <laughs> and what is Friday? That's when the Disney Plus yes. comic book movie, the Marvel movies uh, or, or TV shows often launch, right? We had WandaVision at the beginning yes. of the year. Now we've yes. got Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. And what's the first text always? Who has seen the episode yes. see yet? And if you haven't seen it yes. and you can't talk about oh it over text God. because that's spoilers. But the pressure to watch the show. Did you see what happened to Diaz this week? Because they want to talk about it, like Diaz. Yes, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And so, yeah. I and so I respond back, you know, laughing. And yes, I am, I am entertained, right? And Tendra throws out, are you not entertained? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give a shout out because truly uh, I looked out. She's like, what are you doing? I go, it's the boys. 
You know, it's just the, it's the boys. They're in the chat talking about yeah. the latest. So now I got to watch this thing, Invincible, which is something else we got to put on my watch list now. It's uh, an animated series yeah. on Amazon, so Amazon Prime. So if you did like the boys, the TV show on Amazon yeah. Prime, check out Invincible because it is actually based on a uh, on a comic book that was created by the creator of The Walking Dead. Ah. And this show is produced by Seth Rogen, who has a a cameo cameo uh, voice acting gig ah. in it. So well, I did. Uh, yeah. No, I, I was just say, go ahead, go ahead. I, well, I was going to say that we are going to do a Dad Geek special yeah, yeah. on all of the sci-fi and fantasy shows that had come out in 2021. Who knows? Maybe we'll be able to even review the Black Widow film if it, if if it, if it makes out. it out. I know it's scheduled for July 9. Yeah, no, I was going to say, because I, I, upon your suggestion, I started watching Daredevil. So I am uh, I'm into, I have like a couple episodes left of season one, and it is as what you said it would be. Um, it's a different kind of hero, though. There's a, it's a very fascinating storyline. So uh, I, I missed out a one lot. Of Marvel's, I thought it was one of Marvel's most inventive characters, a yeah. blind lawyer in Hell's Kitchen. So yeah. Hell's Kitchen is a character in the show. Yeah. Um, taking on uh, an organized crime lord. Yeah. No, he's it got, is. He's uh, got superpowers. So he does have superpowers, and uh, but it's. I feel like I missed out on a childhood of Marvel. It's just that wasn't the world in which I live. And I, I, it's like I'm taking a crash course and I have these uh, these amazing uh, bad of the dad dads there to escort me in my learning experience. So uh, I just had to show that. Give a shout out. These are the dads you're on your dirt bike with drinking a Slurpee in one hand, getting (laughs) comic books at 7-Eleven, riding home and then talking about it, except we're far older and and doing it over text. So. (laughs) So as you said, speaking of great dads, so you remember we we're supposed to have uh, Delhi dads on. We we're supposed yes. to have at least one of the three dads for this new uh, organic deli in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Of course, Asbury Park famous for the Stone Pony and launching Bruce Springsteen's career. So uh, not far from the, the Stone Pony is this deli and uh, run by three single dads, all ex-cons. And they're just trying to contribute something to the community through good food and through just good conversation, good relationships with the people that live in and around their restaurants. So we're going to talk to David Lewis next week on Bad to the Dad. I can't wait. We've got some amazing questions for him for an amazing guest. We're Bad to the Dad. Dads, have a great week. 